many of you know that we are living in a season of the supernatural? Oh, okay. Maybe 20 of you lah, okay? Let's try that again. How many of you know that there is an atmosphere of the supernatural right here at home right now as you're tuning to this service? Come on! Let's give Him the praise. Amen and amen to that. I believe that God has a powerful release even today and also in this entire series. Why? We believe that there is... Because it's not done by any human beings. God is supernatural. He cannot be natural. You cannot come into the presence of the Lord. You cannot become a Christian and expect natural things to happen. A am I speaking to people here? Yeah? You cannot expect the natural things to happen if you are in the presence of God because you are serving a supernatural God who is able to do things that are beyond the natural, that is able to, be, to cause things to turn in your lives that in your natural are not able to turn. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. So today, I have been tasked even in this, in this second session of the supernatural. You know, after the Pentecost, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Vincent preached a powerful message on the Pentecost Sunday. And in the book of Acts, after the Pentecost, something amazing happened. We saw the birth of the early church. We saw the birth of the early church and how um, there was such an amazing numbers that were added to the, the, the church, right? And... It was, it's, I love the book of Acts because the book of Acts shows us how real the church is. As you read the book of Acts, you will understand that there is, from then until now, from the beginning of the early church until now, there is no perfect church. There are no perfect pastors, there are no perfect leaders, and there are no perfect members. All we have is a perfect God who sent His perfect Son to redeem you and I, and he, uses, he chooses to use imperfect vessels like you and like me for his kingdom. Amen? Right? So that's all we have. How many of you like mathematics? Come on, a show of hands. How many of you like mathematics? Come on, Pastor Sue. I know you. She, was, uh, she did actual science. One person, two persons, the, the rest of the church. If you, if you like mathematics online, can you give me a thumbs up or, you know, yes, good, yes, me. Anyone likes mathematics? Okay, okay, a few people. The rest of you don't like mathematics. What's going on in this church? It's okay, it's okay, because you know what? I never really like math either, right? I did additional math when I was in Form 4 and Form 5, and also Form 6, I did I did math as well. But don't ask me how I did. I you ask me no questions, I will tell you no lies, okay? So I, I never really liked math. But the book of Acts has got lots of mathematical concepts. What do I mean by mathematical concepts? Now, in the, on the day of Pentecost, 120 of them were, were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? They came upon them, and after that, something amazing happened. The disciples were, were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with power, and they went out to preach the gospel. The Bible tells us the Lord added to them daily the numbers that came. He added to them daily the numbers that came to the church and to build that church, right? Then, there was also subtraction. If you read in Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5 talks about the corruption of the heart of Ananias and Sapphira. 
And as a result of their corrupted heart, as a result of what they had done, there was a subtraction. The judgment of the Lord came upon them and there was a subtraction that happened in the church. So there was an addition, subtraction. And as the disciples continued to go forth and preach the gospel and did signs and wonders, the Bible didn't just say added on numbers. There were multitudes that came to know the Lord. So it was not just addition, it was not just subtraction, it was multiplication. There was a multiplication of numbers that came upon the church and it was just growing and growing and growing in such a crazy number. How many of you know that when God does the math, it never adds up? <laughs> yeah, when God does the math, it never adds up. And there was multiplication even in that time. But there's one part of math that is never of God. And that's division. Division is never of God. So what happened was, Acts chapter 6 talks about this division. And this is where we want to go for from here, from this, for this service. We want to talk about Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 10. And I want us to stand to our feet. Let's read the scriptures together. If you're at home, stand to your feet. Let's honor the, the word of the Lord together. Acts chapter 6, oh, 1 to 8, 1 to 10 actually, yeah. Okay, ready? Are we ready to read the word of God together? Yeah, all right, let's go. One, two, three. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute and full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parnamus, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of, the, of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples, what? Multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace, of power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Remain standing, slip up your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that the power of the Holy Spirit is still available for us today. God, as they have experienced in the early church, oh God, that same power, that same power and the same spirit works in each and every one of us. And I pray, oh God, today, let, the, let your word, Father, be so clear in our hearts, in our spirit, oh God, to do great and mighty things in and through our lives. We receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. 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 Thank you very much. You may be seated. Everywhere where there are people, there will always be issues. And there will always be problems. Inside the church, outside the church, wherever you go, there will always be issues. And here in Acts chapter 6, we see that there are two groups of people. 
Okay, the Bible tells us there are two groups of people here. So when we read the scriptures, that's how they say it, the Hebrews and then there were the Hellenists. What, what's all this? You know, to understand it a little bit, the Hebrews that are referred here, they are, called, they are the Jews that were from Jerusalem. They are the Jews from Jerusalem that spoke Aramaic. And that's the, the, the language that Jesus spoke. Okay, so they are the Jews from Jerusalem that spoke mainly Aramaic and they read the Hebrew scriptures. So therefore, they were called the Hebrews. Right? And then there was a reference to a group called the Hellenists. They were the ones that came to complain. So what are the Hellenists? The Hellenists are the Jews that live outside of Jerusalem, sometimes referred to as the diaspora. So they were the Jews that lived outside of Jerusalem and they spoke mostly Greek. They spoke mostly Greek and they read the Septuagint, which is the translated version of the Hebrew Bible to Greek. Okay, are we clear? So there are two groups of people here, the Hellenistic Jews and the Jews that grew up in Jerusalem who spoke Aramaic and who read the Hebrew Bible. So the church, the early church was far from perfect. And, you know, as with the start of any new thing, there will always be teething issues, there will always be problems. But with every problem, with every challenge that the church goes through, it's an opportunity for growth. Amen? Anytime we go through any issues, any problem, it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to see God's hand work mightily even in our midst. And that's what happened even in the early church. So in the early church, what happened, this, this became an opportunity for the disciples who are now filled with power, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives to see to, to work this out in such a miraculous way. And I believe that this same power and this same anointing is upon each and every one of us as we go through life as well. So firstly, I want us to notice this. There was an increase in capacity. Amongst the disciples, this is what I've noticed. I love the disciples. I love to read the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Sometimes we call this book. And it's to see how through it all, the disciples have grown so much spiritually and they developed so much spiritually. In the entire book of Acts, you will notice that. As I mentioned earlier, there are two groups of people, the Hellenistic Jews and the Jews that were from Jerusalem. So the Hellenistic Jews, the Hellenists, right, they complain. There was a complaint that was brought before them, before the apostles to say, hey guys, you know what? Our widows are being missed out in the distribution. Our widows are being missed out in the distribution. You, you know, guys, do something about it. So there was a need, there was a complaint, there was an issue that was brought up. And I like how the disciples responded. I need you to, I need to bring you back to the times of Jesus to show you the contrast here. Remember, these are the same group of disciples that followed Jesus when Jesus was on earth doing signs and wonders and miracles. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 to 21, it tells us that Jesus fed the 5,000. How many of you remember that story? Yeah, Jesus feeds the 5,000. He was preaching, he was healing them, he was you know, having ministry with them. And at the end of the day, you know, it was getting dark. And the people were probably hungry, Look at what the disciples said. 
in verse 15. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Same group of disciples walking with Jesus. This is what they told Jesus. Send the crowd away. Matthew chapter 15. There was an account of the Canaanite woman. The Canaanite woman came desperately shouting because her child, her daughter, was demon-possessed. She knew that there was some kind of power that was flowing from Jesus. And she cried out desperately to Jesus and the disciples, Lord, save my child, help me! She was yelling. What the disciples answer in verse 23. And his disciples came and begged Jesus, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. They, they are, I like them, like, you know, they're like sending out people. Go, go away, shoo, shoo, shoo. I mean, can you imagine if you all came to church today and you all told us you've got a problem? Please go out, thank you very much. The exit is that way and that way. Thank you, you know, we've got no time for this. This is a It's too late already, I'm sorry. Jesus doesn't work OT and I'm sorry. That's not it. Matthew chapter 15, verse 29 to 39. Again, there was a multitude, and Jesus taught the multitudes, and it was about 4,000 people there. And he had been teaching them for three days and three nights, and they've not had any food. And Jesus said, you know, give them something to eat. They, they must be tired. I cannot imagine them walking back to their villages and fainting halfway. What did the disciples say? The disciples said to him, where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed the feed?" So great a crowd. I cannot understand. I cannot brain them. Didn't they feed 5,000? Didn't they see Jesus perform the, the miracle of feeding 5,000 and there were loaves, there were baskets overflowing? And now here, we have 4,000 only, you know, I mean, slightly smaller crowd, lah, slightly smaller crowd. And they are saying, where do we find the food, okay? It's the same, same mindset of not being able to see beyond themselves. As I read this scripture, I realized this. What a difference it is to have disciples that are filled with the Holy Spirit and with His power, who are filled with His power, to be able to respond the way that they did. They did not just send them away. They didn't tell the, the Hellenists, you know, like, shh, 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 please, please, you know, we don't have enough food, enough already, okay? We're here very, we're already very kind, we're preaching to you all, and we're already doing all these things, praying for all of you. They didn't send them away. And that was the difference. There is an increase of capacity, there is an increase of, of just the ability to do the things that were naturally not normal to them to do, but because the power of the Holy Spirit was upon them, they were able to do something different in their lives. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't that, that rejection. There is power when the Holy Spirit does things. Can somebody say amen? Somehow, there was an increase of capacity when they faced the challenge. When, it comes, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when His anointing comes upon each and every one of us, you will be able to do things which you naturally think that you cannot do. 
That's what the power of the Holy Spirit does to us. That's what amazes me when I see the book of Acts, when I see the apostles and how they responded to this situation compared to how they responded in that situation when Jesus was right in their midst. And they couldn't even see that it was God who was doing that miracle. There was a mindset shift of the disciples. And what was that mindset shift that many of us also need to have, including myself? Their minds shifted from being providers to being distributors. And many of us need to recognize this, that you are not the provider. Your name is not Jireh. That belongs to God. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides for all our needs. All we do is receive it and distribute. All we do is receive His power, receive His solution, and distribute. Receive the miracle and distribute. But so many times, we feel responsible. How are we going to get food enough to feed the people? How are we going to... Friends, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, there is an increase of capacity. And when I share this, I'm not coming from a place where I welcome every change and every challenge with open arms and say, please, please, come, you know. I, yes, yes, everything I will say yes. No, that's not the case. At the end of 2020, I, I think it was, I think sometime in October or November of 2020, I had, I had preached a message at the Saturday service and it was from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And I posted something online. And somebody from don't know where, from an organization, picked it up and, and responded to me privately and said, you know, we're so encouraged by this post, you know, uh, we, are, we, we love this particular scripture, can we send you something? Can we send you something to encourage you as well? So I checked them out, you know, and I'm like, okay, they, sound, they, they look legit, you know, like a Christian organization, and I gave them my address, and I forgot, I totally forgot about this. Okay, sometime in October, November of 2020. Then in January of, sorry, in December of 2020, all the way until January of 2021, there was a lot of talk and um, discussions made about the transition of taking over from Pastor Kwan Ming to, to take over PJ1. So we had lots of meetings with, with the zone pastors, you know, with Pastor Linda, Pastor Vincent, and every, you know, we had meetings with thinking how best to do this and uh, they, they had approached me to say that, can you take over this zone? Now, I wish I were, I were like, you know, how it was like, wow, come, come, you know, and, and, like how I'm sharing with you, like, you know, yeah, this is an increase of capacity, you can do this. No, I said, no, let me, I struggled. I said, God, I, I can't do this. I really, really can't do this. You know, all my life I've been in this comfort zone because I have always served in the youth and young adults ministry for, for many years since the moment I graduated, from, before graduation from Bible school, I've always been with this group. And I've seen some of these young people grow from youth from children all the way and now they are young adults and I've seen their lives I know what they're going through and now what you want me to do you want me to take over the zone where their parents are in I'm like oh my goodness gracious Lord have mercy so I really struggled I struggled I struggled and I struggled 
sometime in the mid of January, I received a package. And it was, I thought, who in the world is this? It's from Florida, in the US. Opened the package, and I had several, there were several things inside. There were several of these inside, which is why I'm wearing one of these. It's a dog tag that, had, that has the verses from Joshua 1 verse 9 in it. And they didn't just give me the gift, they also wrote me a note. I don't know these people. And this is what they wrote. They wrote the note on the, first of, of the 5th of January, 2021. It says, Dear Gwen, we found each other as an answer to prayer. We ask the Lord every day to lead us to people He wants to touch and encourage. We don't know what you're going through but God does. He has big plans for you. And He wants you to be ready. He goes on and He says, stay in God's Word and pray every day. Love, James and Donna. I'm so thankful this couple was so filled with the Holy Spirit to be used of God in such a way. And it served as a reminder that God was with me and God was going to go before me even as I took on what I needed to take on for this season. Has there been stretching indeed? But when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, there is an increase of capacity to do the things that you never thought you would ever be able to accomplish. There are all the zones in our church are wonderful zones, but I'm biased. DJ One is awesome. <laughs> I thank God for all the leaders who have been so supportive all this, all this while. It's been about one year, one, over a year, just slightly over a year. And I've grown and I've learned so much from every single person and every single CG I've attended. But it was not without a struggle and not without a reminder that it is not me. I'm not the provider. I'm not the manufacturer of, of abilities. I'm just the distributor of what God has given to me. Amen? Amen. 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 Secondly, there was an increase of wisdom. Increase in wisdom. Now, knowledge is not wisdom. Knowledge is the information you have learned 
while wisdom is the ability to use that knowledge in a profound way. Okay, so knowledge is not wisdom, but it is the ability to use that knowledge in a profound way and to apply it in ways that are wise. I don't know, you know, how many of you have experienced this, you know, sometimes whether it's at meetings, whether it's when you're doing certain things, right, and then you say out certain things or you lead in certain things and then, and then some people come up to you and say, wow, that was such a powerful thing that you shared and there was such a good thing that you, you said or that was such a good prayer and you're thinking to yourself, I have no idea where it came from. I have no idea how it came forth or how, how you know, that, that, direction, that direction took its place or how, you know, you were able to do. There was such an anointing upon you, anointing of wisdom upon you to be able to carry out what you needed to carry out. And it was really not you. Because you know what? If you were to put yourself in that same position again, probably it won't come out the same way. Yeah? And the apostles were now so full of the Spirit that they really came to such a wise solution. And the Lord said this to me. Sometimes you know why you're not so wise? Because you're not full of the Spirit, but you're full of yourself. Why do we lack wisdom sometimes? Why do we lack it? Because you know what? Instead of being filled and full of the Spirit of God, instead of coming before the presence of God, kneeling at His feet and praying and, and, and just allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you how to do what you need to do, we're so full of ourselves. We're full of solutions. We're full of reading up here and there and everywhere, which is all very good. Please, knowledge is important so that you can act out in, in wisely with the knowledge that you have in your head. But a lot of times, if you're acting out only upon your own intellect, that's as far as you go. Remember, we're serving a supernatural God. And a supernatural God can, only, can act beyond what you know. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's give God the praise. I want to have that wisdom that is able to do things like how this amazing, these disciples, they were so amazing. So what they did was they not only not push these problems away like how they used to, they welcomed the problem in that sense. They gathered the rest of the disciples. They, and he, they told them their plan that, you know what, we cannot stop preaching the word. We cannot stop praying for people. That's, that's, our, that's what God has called us to do. But let's come up with this solution. Guys, go and look for people amongst us, disciples that are full of the Spirit, full of the faith, who can serve tables. What an amazing and a wise solution. They didn't take it on themselves. They said, say, okay, okay. Maybe from 7 a.m. To, to 12 p.m. we will do this. And then from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. we will serve them. They didn't do that. They gathered the people together and they, and they distributed the workload and they came up with seven names. I want you to look at this. It's interesting that Luke gave the account of all seven names so clearly. The names of the disciples that were chosen were Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, and, uh, sorry, Parmenas, and Nicolaus. Why do, you, why do I say that this is a very interesting thing that they gave all seven names? Because all these seven names were Greek names. 
Who were the ones that were coming to, to, for, to complain? They were the Greek-speaking Jews. Who better to send out to meet their needs than people who understand their language, the people who know them, who knows their ways, who is able to identify with them and who is able to assure them that their needs are not put aside. What a clever solution that everyone, what a wise, not just clever, what a wise solution. And the Bible tells us everyone was agreeable. Even choosing sometimes, you know, when we have our AGM, you know, and all that, when we're choosing board members, also sometimes, yeah, so many choices, uh, who do we choose? But all these seven, when their names were given, everyone was favorable and everyone agreed to it. I want to say this to you. As I was preparing this, the Lord said, some of you here, you are going through a situation where you need to make some decisions in your life. You need to make some decisions that are so tough and that they could be life-changing. It could be whether it's your marriage, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your businesses. And not everyone is going to agree with those because you, you are thinking to yourself, oh no, if I make this decision, this group is not going to be happy. If I make this decision, this group is not going to be happy. Let me say this to you. We're going to pray that God will release a fullness of His Spirit over your life. And when He releases that fullness of Spirit over your life, you'll be able to make decisions. You'll be able to make wise decisions. Make wise, wise, you know, turns in whatever that needs to be turned around and there will be a favorable result that will come out of it. Can somebody say amen? Amen? Amen. I believe it with all my heart that God is going to give us supernatural wisdom. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at what, don't be full of ourselves, don't be full of what we know. Be filled with the Spirit. Why does the Bible tell us, tell us to pray in the Spirit all the time? Pray in the Spirit because you know what? He's interceding for us. There are times when you, you and I don't really understand what's going on. You don't even know how to pray. And sometimes when we pray, you know why? When we pray intelligibly, when we pray with words, a lot of times what we pray is we pray to, into being what we want to see happen. Maybe that's not what God wants to happen. Maybe that's not God's way. But because we're so set, we have to pray. We want this to happen only, you know, and that's it. Pray in the Spirit. Because the Spirit man understands and communicates with the Spirit God who is able to, to, to whatever moanings and groanings that are too deep, that even words cannot express, the Holy Spirit is able to guide you in wisdom. He will be able to give you the understanding to make those decisions that need to be made in such a powerful way, in such a clear way, with such clarity in your thoughts. Pray in the Spirit. Be full of the Spirit. Come on, type in the chat. Be full of the Spirit. Come on, let's give God the praise. I want to be full of the Spirit. And thirdly is this. There was an increase in boldness. It was an increase in boldness. Chapter 6 introduces Stephen, one of the seven that were chosen. The Bible tells us he's a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. 
full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And this anointing was upon him. He was so bold in the way he acted out. He was so bold in the way he spoke, in the proclamation of his faith. Now, Stephen was called to do what? To serve tables, to help with the distribution. But you know what? He didn't stop there. The Bible tells us, if you continue to read in Acts chapter 6, you know, wherever Stephen was so full of the Spirit, he didn't just serve in this area and like, wow, okay, come on, here's your food, and here's your portion, and here's your portion, and here's... It wasn't that. He spent time praying for people. He did the extra things because he was so full of the Spirit. It was not just serving the table like this. He prayed for the people, and the Bible says, signs and wonders followed after him. And I want to say this to you, every single one of you who are serving, whether it's in the traffic, whether you're ushering, whether you are doing whatever you're doing, whether you are doing an AV, whether you are here, up here on stage, I want to declare this to you that maybe we all be so full of the Spirit that we are not just concentrating on this small little myopic job that we have and forget that there is a greater part in ministry when God fills you with the Holy Spirit, there is always the ability to give out even more, to distribute even more. Wherever you go, you'll be so sensitive of the Holy Spirit, you're direct, directing, directing, directing traffic halfway, and God just place a word in your heart to pray for your brother, to pray for someone who's walking out of the car. Signs and wonders will follow even from the car park all the way inside here in this hall. Come on! That was Stephen. That was what he did. He was called to serve tables, but not just serve tables. He prayed and he did a lot of these things that he proclaimed his faith. Wherever God has placed you, you have a ministry there. And if you think that your ministry is confined to your job scope, I am sorry because it doesn't work that way. Because the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's so much more that you are able to do and you are able to touch. It's not just to fulfill that work to its best. But He has placed you there so that the power of God can flow in and through your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I believe that with all my heart, that glad tidings, you are a people that will be filled with the Spirit, that wherever God places you, you will do your work well, you will serve the tables well, you will serve your company well, you will do what needs to be done well. But on top of that, you will never be too busy to pray for a need or speak life into a situation. Amen. That is what a Spirit-filled Christian looks like, someone that is filled with power. And you know what? Sometimes doing that costs us. Sometimes that boldness costs us. And many times because of that cost, a lot of us pull back. We don't want to be the one that is always referred to as or that's the Jesus boy. Oh, that's actually always talks about God only. Is there anything wrong? Like as if talking about God is something bad. Why are we ashamed of it? It's just like how nowadays there are so many talks about people don't like organized religion. It's almost like implying that they prefer disorganized religion. 
Come on. In this incidence, it was a Holy Spirit-directed organization. There was proper order in everything so that there will be no chaos in the church and different ones know what their roles and responsibilities are. When you stand up for Christ, that was why the Holy Spirit is upon us. Last weekend, it was the Pentecost weekend and the Assemblies of God Prayer Commission, it had a revival service via Zoom. And they invited a speaker from the US, Pastor Jim. And he was saying this, the anointing of God comes upon us for two purposes. You and I have been filled with the Holy Spirit. You are anointed of God. There are two purposes to it. Number one, it is for endowment. And the secondly, is for endorsement. For endowment and for endorsement. What does endowment mean? Endowment actually means empowerment. Empowerment to do the assigned task that God has given to you. Because remember, it's always bigger than what we think we can do. So He needs to empower us. He needs to give us that power, the ability, the capacity to be stretched, to do whatever that you never thought you could think and imagine it to do. That's the endowment and empowerment that needs to come upon you when God calls you and God gives you a specific task to do. And then there's also the endorsement. The endorsement is basically saying that you are sent with a mark from Him. You're not going out in your own name. You're not going out in the name of Gwen. You're not going out in the name of Vincent. You're not going out in the name of Henry. You're going out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power that follows in and through Him. That is what the anointing is for. So here we are desperately seeking the anointing here. Ah, God, fill me, fill me, fill me. Do you know what you are? What, what is in your life and what is in your hands now? It is the ability to do that which God has called you to do in far greater measure than you ever thought or imagined you could do it in your own life. Be it in your home, in your business, in, in the ministry, this is what the anointing is for. And it's also a mark to say that this is an endorsement that comes from the Lord, that God gives you the endorsement, that He gives you the power that flows through Him into your life and so that you can touch many more. Amen? That is what the, the, the anointing is for. So many of you are, are filled, all of us are filled in the Holy Spirit. What is God asking you to do? Stephen was so filled with the Holy Spirit, he did not back down. Even when he was captured and he was questioned and he was accused, he didn't back down. The same similar accusations that were given to Jesus were similarly put upon him. And as a result, they, they couldn't, they couldn't out-talk him. They were frustrated with his answers and they just didn't want to believe what he was saying. They brought him out of the city and they stoned him to death in Acts chapter 7. Do bad things happen to good Christians? Yes. They stoned him to death and he was the first recorded martyr in the New Testament. Sometimes standing up for Christ, that boldness will cause you to be not the most popular person in the room. It may cause some to be wary 
of talking to you in that sense. But you know what? People will always, always know who they can turn to if they need prayer. People will always know, if you have always been proclaiming it with boldness, people will always know that they can talk to you and you will pray for them and that supernatural God can work in and through their lives. Amen? And I'm reminded, you know, some churches have Pentecost Sunday the same time as their Missions Sunday. Because you cannot separate the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit from the Christian mission. The Bible says, you will be my witnesses. And that is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That wherever God places you, you will be His witness. To Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other parts of the world. And I'm always reminded of this story that I read when I was a teenager. That was the first book I read from end to end and that really touched my heart. And it was the book called Through Gates of Splendor. If you've not read this book, you all should try and get a copy of this book. Through Gates of Splendor. And it was written, written by Elizabeth Elliot, a widow of one of the five missionaries that perished in, um, in Ecuador. The husbands went in there. They wanted to reach a tribe that was, that was unreached. It was very hard. They flew in there, they made several contacts, and they thought that that particular time, it was a right time to go nearer to them and to make even further contact with them. So they flew the plane in, but these five men never came out alive. And so this is a story of the widow who wrote the, the book Through Gates of Splendor, because these five widows, these widows, they didn't stop there. They didn't hate the tribe. They didn't hate God. Instead, they went back right to the center of that missions field. They continued to proclaim the gospel. Stephen Curtis Chapman sang this song, No Greater Love, in one of his, in one of his albums. And this is part of the concert. And I want us to watch this together and we're going to end, we're going to pray. In an airplane ride, their moment had arrived. Men of courage, with your message of peace What is that look in your eyes? Why have you come to this faraway place? What is this story you would lay down your life to tell? What kind of love can this be? There is no greater love than this And there is no greater gift That can ever be given To be willing to die So I'm not the model And there is no greater love Than this
Imagine being five years old, a time when daddy is your hero. How do you tell a child the most tragic news of his young life? From all you have lost How can you sing through your tears What is this music that can bear such a cost What is this fire that grows stronger against the wind What kind of flame can this be such a waste. Five young men, their whole lives ahead of them, their young families by their sides. Where was God when the spears went in? Where was God when the bodies were dumped in the river? Why? How? The questions flood, drowning all that you thought you knew. In an airplane ride, their moment had arrived. Last picture you're going to see is this this man is one of the son that the five-year-old boy that lost his father Nate Saint was speared to death by the very man whom now the son puts his hands over Nate Saint was killed by this Auka tribe man who later became the pastor of the church there this man baptized Steve Saint in water because the whole family moved back there to serve. Now, 
that's the kind of call that God has placed upon my life. I know that when I read that book and I finished that book, I knew that this is God's call upon my life and His anointing will be upon me to fulfill this call. This is not the end. Here. And God's call upon your life is far greater than what you think and understand it. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there will be an increase of capacity, there will be an increase of wisdom, there will be an increase of boldness to do that which He has called you to do like never before. Let's not be sluggish Christians that only want to be filled until our tummies are overflowing. We will burst. We are called to be filled and so that we can be an outflow of the Spirit of God in and through our lives. That's the only way to keep the anointing flowing in your lives. I want us to stand to our feet. Let's worship the Lord.